When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name's Joel Sked and I'm joined by Robert Warwick. Hello. And Gary Cocker. Good evening. Sorry, I'm just perturbed by the fact that it's a Tuesday, not It's a Monday. Tuesday, yes. We have, we've had to mix things up there this week because international nonsense uh, with their UEFA's week of, I think it's week of football, um, more like week of shite. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Scotland. <laughs> we'll get. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, we're going to first talk about um, Hamden because that decision was made today. There was going to be announced at three pm, but uh, the BBC, um, I think, jumped the gun and said, we, they, they basically told us what the obvious was, and the SFA um, are staying at Hamden. So all Scottish future Scottish uh, game, Scot- Scotland national team games, cup finals, semi finals will likely be at Hamden Park. Who needs embargoes? Who, yeah, need, who no. needs them? The sort of Scott gave it, scene doesn't. Scott scene definitely doesn't. You're quite right. They sort of gave it away by the fact that the press conference was at Hamden. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be pretty weird if they turned up and just went, yeah, by the way, this is the last time you'll see us here because yeah. we're off to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. They should have done it on the City Link 900. <laughs> you think if they if they did uh, do it at Hamden and now we went to Murrayfield, um, like folk that can own Queen's Park when they just came in, right? Out, like our ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not going to use it. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, a colleague asked me earlier on, I was like, are you writing enough about it? It's like, no, because it would just end up being the kind of written equivalent of the Alan Partridge shrug gif. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is, is, is that how you, you feel about it? Yes, very much so. Uh, we discussed it on the podcast myself, Graham, and I think Craig Anderson um, before, and, and it was just a, a big, massive shrug for mm-hmm. me. I, I think there was never any real doubt it was going to stay at Hamden. Uh, and what it would appear um, has now been sort of said in this press conference is a lot of platitudes, a lot of things that the fans want to hear and the media wants to hear, but it's all just about implementing it now. I yeah. think that was always the case. Is it was always just going to be let's think of a plan going forward for Hamden. Uh, Murrayfield can be used as a discussion point. I mean, they, they were saying it was an incredibly close decision. Don't know how true that is. Um, I would take that with a wee pinch of salt. But I think now the, the big thing is that between Euro 2020 and the potential World Cup UK-wide bid for 2030, we are going to have to see changes at hand and we're going to have to see positive changes at hand. And otherwise, this is just from no point whatsoever. It's an outdated yeah. stadium. All of the issues that have come up numerous times in this debate are still true. They will continue to be true until at least 2020. And then we can maybe see a bit of a change when the, the transaction with Queen's Park is actually finalised. Yeah, so it's, it's five, five million. Uh, five million plus they're taking on the 19 million debt. Uh, the 19 million debt and Queen's Park are doing up lesser Hamden, which I'm looking forward to because I'm another ground to go to. Yeah. And uh, I think, was it Willie Hoy has given half of the money? Yeah, he's so up I saw something about million, Tom yeah. Hunter also matching it. Yeah, Tom Hunter, yeah. That, I only just saw that on the bus on the way here, but apparently he's he's talking about investing as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously Hoy was involved uh, with the, the homecoming cup and stuff like that yeah. Um, yeah. previously, wasn't he? Um, he's a so businessman and philanthropist. A philanthropist. Yes. A Glasgow-based philanthropist, yes. exactly. Uh, doesn't want to be nameless, though. He loves the limelight. Uh, he adores being at the forefront. Yeah, do you want to hold that back? No, no, put it out there. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> that's sure, fine. Make sure everyone knows. Use this stock image of me with the Scottish Cup uh, on all press releases, please. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's stumped up uh, half the money, half of the £5 million. I, I think, you know, there was... There was Rumours of this happening throughout the week, so it wasn't a very well kept secret. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of it now. Um, it's been quite enjoyable because I think you've seen two camps of people. You've seen uh, the uh, Glasgow-based sports writers going mental at the thought of not being able to just roll out of bed and of course get Ma- to the cup Matthew finals. Lindsay, uh, we've been spared blood on our hands. Yeah, oh, sorry, not blood on our hands, blood on the SFA's hands. hands. Yeah, yeah, Ian Maxwell would have been. Rinsing Maxi, that. Ian Maxi Maxi. Like yeah. Macbeth's wife just could not get that spot out of his hands. Rubbing <laughs> um, blood out of his fingernails because our game's getting played at hand at uh, Murrayfield. Um, yeah, it's, it's been good. Uh, Tom, Tom Watt um, mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks back that he was just going to side with the opposite of what the really sort of foaming mouthers yeah. were saying, yeah. to it, which was, was uh, the, the stay at Hamden Brigade, um, which I thought was quite funny because it was. Essentially, the strongest opinions on this were Glasgow-based hacks, yep. or, uh, or or Scott Brown's afterwards. Yes, <laughs> which is which is glorious. Again, interviewed by STV, I think, and um, he basically <laughs> I, I like because he says everything he says is like um, kind of matter of fact, straight face. Uh, he essentially said uh, Hampton's pish yeah there's no atmosphere he would like to see him take it to be fair a lot of people saying oh surprise surprise Scott Brown's saying take it to Celtic Park but he mentioned Ibrox he mentioned Murrayfield uh, for some games and he mentioned Easter Road and, and Tynecastle did he mention a potential new national stadium in Serling no, yeah, no, no, or, no, or he's, he's not taking a big knock to the head. No, right? no, he's, he's 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 been relatively sensible. Yeah, I uh, think it's it's interesting because Stephen A. Smith in the the aftermath of the game on Monday, uh, which we will discuss shortly, obviously, yeah. um, he said the same in a much more eloquent and not so matter of fact way. Um, he basically said, you know, um, there are great stadiums like Ibrox, Easter Road, Tynecastle, Castle, Putodje's getting done up. 
um, that for a game like Monday night just would have been perfect because the, mm-hmm. the, the players would have felt a pick up as well it's not just for the fans he's saying for the players playing in a, a 20,000 um, uh, attendance in a 52,000 stadium that is far away from the pitch don't know if you've heard yeah. that by the way Hamden is far, <laughs> far away from the pitch um, but he was, he's basically saying that it would be better if these games a bit more thought was put into it and these games were played where it would be a sellout where people are scrambling for tickets Yeah, get a bit more It's you know, it, it gets people who really want to be there yeah. in the stadium and you look back at the Belgium game I'm not saying if for example we if Scotland played Belgium at um, Tynecastle Scotland would have won or it would be in a really competitive game but you're get, as Brown alluded to you're giving yourself a better advantage if you're playing at uh, um, Belgium at Tynecastle Easter Road where it's a bit tighter the fans are right on top of you uh, it's a sellout it's noisy uh, they're kind of right behind you whereas at Hamden it was, it was soulless and God knows how what, what the attendance would have been like last night if it was that was a friendly yeah I mean Naismith made a, a really good point and uh, quite an interesting um, sort of sentence he said we needed to create the tempo ourselves mm-hmm. as if to say the fans weren't there to drive them on so they had to do it themselves they, which, which they did We'll get to get to that. Of course, yeah, and but he was saying, you know, that that onus was put on them, which it is going to be more of a strain mm-hmm. for the players when they're turning around and seeing empty seats everywhere. Um, so Hamden is still an issue. Um, I'm, I'm glad this debate's over now because it was getting fucking tedious. Tedious, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, there's got to be a middle ground found for games like Albania on a Monday night. I just don't think Hamden's that's right that's my worry is that now uh, now Hamden have bought it is that they want to. Uh, SFA want to play every single game there, like they kind of did with when they moved the England moved in, the FA moved into Wembley because they, it's, it's theirs. They want to take money from it rather than take certain games around the country, which they, which they should, especially when, like you said, Petardry uh, gets um, can not rebuilt. A new stadium in Aberdeen gets gets built. I mean, it is possible to. I've seen that obviously everybody's been on Twitter today going, This is what you could do to the new hand, and you could redevelop it like that. Stuttgart! You know, yeah. Stuttgart! Stuttgart! Um, and I don't know if it is Stuttgart, but there's a stadium somewhere where they basically have what was being called blackout curtains. That's Vancouver. So BC, that's the BC yeah. Arena, yeah. Um, Michael Schurz, which seems like a fairly. Decent idea because However, that there's, you, there's only one tier in Hamden, so you'd, you'd have yeah. to like completely. You, I suppose it depends on how extensive the redevelopment is. Aye, because yeah. they're talking about it, it would be digging the pitch further down, yeah, yeah, into the bowels of hell, hell yeah. um, so, that, <laughs> so that you can actually uh, have seats right close to the I pitch. Mean, Hamden's already sunken underground, yeah. so uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the waterwork system is in Mount Florida, but there could be. But some we're all about there. to find out. I we think. certainly yeah. are. We certainly are. No, I think certainly we have, certainly will take stuff from Murrayfield. I think Murrayfield, I guess, I did a tour of it, and it's. I think Duncan tweeted about it that it's not that great. It's not. It's not like this um, this thriving stadium that's one of the best in the world. But it's, it's it's good. It's got some very great elements to it. Mainly the the amount of space they have to do uh, to work with the match, the atmosphere, and also because they've got licensing for Scotland rugby games, which helps uh, with that. Obviously, there's a bit of a controversy in Glasgow at the moment over uh, licensing with uh, football matches, uh, which Rangers have got involved with in the SNP. Uh, but that's a matter for another day. But yeah. Um, there is, like like you like you said, Rob. There is still a lot of work to be done, but now it's finally glad that that's over. Yeah, yeah. And yes, we'll move on to the actual football. Scotland got beat four 0 uh, by Belgium on Friday, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're instead going to talk about the the, the main event on my, on last night. Uh, Scotland beat Albania two 0 We'll we'll start with. Um, Team selection. What were your initial thoughts when you when you seen the team? There was a lot of uh, frothing. I was I was about to say something else. Frothing in the mouth, foaming in the mouth, foaming in the mouth. 
I, uh, <laughs> I particularly enjoyed looking at Twitter earlier today because Twitter's timeline's all mucked uh, up. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I was getting lots from like 17 hours, 20 hours ago. People mm. going, what is McLeish thinking? He'll be out of a job in a few hours. And then it came good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he picked form over reputation which is not something that Scotland fans are mm-hmm. used to. And it worked against opposition who were pretty shit and made the point that we really should have qualified for Euro 2016. I think the only they qualified play- for it. That, when I saw the lineup, um, I just thought, oh, that's, that's a bit fresh. No, that's, that's a bit different. And the only player that I was, I was actually quite upset about starting was McDonald. I, yes. would, I would have started Armstrong, yeah. but obviously Armstrong's been on the bench in the last few games for Southampton. Um, just sort of weaning himself into um, and top Mac- football. Mac- yeah, McDonald's played three out of the four Fulham games. I think he's captained them and they captained them in the last game as well. Um, my 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 initial reservation was prob you'd want Griff you want when Scotland's struggling for goals, you want Griffiths in there. But having seen that was about, that was my only real Concern. I quite like to look at. Uh, I like the fact that O'Donnell came in. Um, his consistency with uh, Kilmarnock and the way he played for Scotland and um, against Mexico and Peru uh, was impressive. Other than that, it was it was only Griffiths that uh, had uh, kind of eyebrows raised. But as it turned out, uh, Johnny Russell and Stephen Naismith did, did did really well. But like I said, uh, alluded to earlier, Naismith. They had to create the tempo, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed how Scotland started the game, especially with um, finding Johnny Russell um, over the top sometimes or into feet, uh, and the way that he was taking it in. He had his head up straight away. He was either finding Stephen Naismith inside Naismith's hold up play. He's not a huge laddie, but it's really he's always been an intelligent footballer. He's really that um, one thing I've noticed the last few months at Hearts is that. He, he he always touch, He always he always makes a very good first touch, and then seems to have more space than anyone else on the pitch. And if he doesn't have space, he uses his body really well. So yeah. he's great at winning free kicks, um, and historically he always won penalties as well. Yeah. Goes down quite quite handily. Um, but yeah, it's it's that sort of thing. I, I liked how it started. I think Russell did uh, fall out of the game uh, yeah. as it as it progressed. And he burned past one. He he got the ball on the right hand side once, and he just knocked it past the Albanian boy and left him for dead. Yeah, and that's very positive. That's that's what Russell can do. Mm-hmm. And, and when he's fit, fully fit and firing, Johnny Russell is a really exciting player yeah. to, to watch. He, he's not. Really, sometimes you see players go down south or, or go overseas he's done both um, but he's still much the same player we saw at Dundee United he's exciting he has a breath of fresh air in any team uh, he can take players on and he can get a shot away I think the system that we played as well is probably going to have to be the system going forward because if you've got Tierney and Robertson obviously Strachan tried using Tierney as a right back which he was fine at but it didn't really make the most of yeah, it it allows yeah. him to underlap with Robertson um, I think he does have a bit of a shaky game last night and definitely against Belgium but it's a role that combined with where Robertson is will work best I think some people have talked about having Robertson as a left mid but in the podcast the official Scotland podcast he said don't do that to me please yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah, much yeah. rather play further back and bomb forward bomb than you know take but the ball into feet and then turn you saw that he's right he's played he's played left wing back for Hull so it's not a new it's not a new um, yeah. place for him, but you saw last night. He what there was times when he was bombing on, and like Naismith or McGinn or who else was in uh, midfield, Cal McGregor were getting the ball and shifting left. But uh, Robertson was having to backtrack or kind of check his run because he'd, he'd maybe accelerated too much or um, moved forward too much. So I think there's a balancing act there. Like said, um, Nate Tierney and Naismith, I think. There's going to be teething problems just now, and there was, especially against Belgium. Uh, Robertson switched off three or four times. Tierney was getting dragged to 
it was kind of like when when you're a fullback, you can be able, you can, if, if the winger gets it, you go and close them down. And then there was a Belgian player just stepping off as if he was going to get the ball, and Tierney that immediately thought, right, I'm going to close him down rather than forget that he's a he's a centre back, like, right, mm. just mark the space instead. Yeah, yeah, I, I think if there's one player, one Scottish player that that you're going to trust will adapt to a new system quite swiftly, it will be Kieran Tierney. Definitely, definitely. Um, one of the most talented, uh, naturally talented players in that squad, if not the most. Um, and he just ever since he first came in at Celtic he's played with zero fear so I think that obviously as you say there will be teething issues there uh, but when if and when they get that right Robertson and Tierney as a sort of force going down that I mean it, we saw it a few times on Monday yeah, yeah. Um, when Tierney was overlapping and Robertson was overlapping and the amount of pace and the delivery the, the quality of delivery from those two normally in domestic football is fantastic yeah. as well so it, it does it does bode well going forward but yeah you're, you're right that it wasn't the strongest performance from Tierney or Robertson really um, no. on Monday there, there was one moment uh, sorry Gary there was one one moment where Armstrong had uh, come on and uh, it was um, Tierney basically just bombed past Robertson and started linking up with Armstrong and McGregor in that kind of triangle that they sometimes do at Celtic I was like oh uh, it, was, it was if to say Robertson just 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 stick a back seat we've got this handle it's alright man it's yeah. okay I just stay back the um the other player we should probably talk about is John McGinn, who had a good game, but he had a couple <laughs> of absolute it was, mind farts. Yeah, it was I, unbelievable. I wrote about it for the, the Scots players. Kind of, it's like the curious case of John McGinn. There was so you go back to Friday night's game, and it was very unlike him to get caught in possession like he did. It was um, people was like, "Oh, Craig Gordon." Even Alan McLeish uh, said there was another. I, think, I can't remember who the other player was available in midfield. He should have played it to him. But McGinn came, showed for the ball, shouted, point for it, actually looked around his shoulders, so he saw uh, Den Belly. But he just, for once, didn't get his arse in uh, in front of the ball and kind of shield it. As as soon as Gordon went to throw the ball out, um, Belgium basically just went on a rapid high press. It wasn't just Den Belly, there was three players bolted towards um, the, the three Scotland players who were sort of lined up. A roundabout box, so Gordon could have shown it to anyone and they were under immediate pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, McGinn's first touch, it's, it's his touch that lets him down because it's too far away from his body, regardless. If you're taking the ball back to goal from, you know, basically uh, from your goalkeeper, you need to take that touch still facing the goalkeeper and look around, but he's not. He's taken it out to the side. That's given Dembele a free run on a greasy pitch as well, which means that McGinn's always scrambling to get back the, to The it. crazy thing, Gary, he, he doesn't fall over. Yeah, for once it was, um, but uh, I mean it follows I think a few minutes earlier than that Eden Hazard totally shat it off him yeah. um, which was incredible to watch yeah. uh, the ball just was bouncing and McGinn just did I can't even remember what he did he just seemed to pose like a statue yeah, yeah. Uh, and Hazard just jumped right back like there was this invisible force field around him um, and then obviously at 1-0 against Albania um, he attempted a square pass yeah. to was at McDonald's um, but he just no, it was out to, he tried it out to O'Donnell O'Donnell, O'Donnell was on the day yeah. um, instead he just beautifully put through uh, the Albanian striker who really should have done better it was good. There was, he, did the, he, he did the exact same thing he did on Friday night his head his hands went immediately to his head and I described it in Scotland as if it was like he'd um, he'd let go of his trolley at Tesco and it was hurling towards an old age pensioner <laughs> like nothing he can do about it I, uh, <laughs> I really like I really like John Souter's initial reaction because he was obviously caught out of position by it. Um, 
and it's it's like that that time in fives when your team gives away the ball and you just look down and run because you know you're not going to get <laughs> yeah. back. You just like and you can make it look <laughs> like a late like game back. <laughs> just like you could just hear them on those breath like ah oh, fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it really did show the difference between the opponents because. Uh, when obviously when McGinn was caught in possession against Belgium, it was punished. Yeah. When Mulgrew tried some ridiculous floated ball, which was picked out of air against Belgium, it was punished. The same happened. Right. Well, oh, sorry, it wasn't quite the same. Um, there was a ball which just went over Mulgrew's head. I think it was at nil nil. Yeah. Um, and the Albanian striker didn't take yeah, yeah. advantage of it. I think that's another area that's a slight concern for me is that I just I don't fully trust Charlie Mulgrew because against Batshuayi, just totally. Switched off and didn't even, you know, there was. I think Hazard had the ball, and I think it was Sewer was going to close him down. And Mulgrew, instead of following Batchwide, just. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to close. I was like, what are you doing? It's the most basic defender. It's, it's a weird one. You always sort of say, like, young defenders like Tierney and uh, uh, Sewer can, can really benefit from having an experience that I have next to them, which is absolutely true. Charlie Mulgrew would benefit from having an experienced defender yeah, beside yeah. him because I think that some of the best games I've seen Mulgrew play for Scotland just in general in, in his entire Scotland career was the tail end of Strachan when he played better and Mulgrew better. as a back two. Yeah, yeah. And them against England, for example, were absolutely superb throughout that game. And that's that's when you know that that's why that you know people are saying how is Mulgrew still on that team? He has recently, as as recently as in the last twelve months, shown that he can be a good centre-half at international level, mm-hmm. but only with the right mixture and the right formula around about him. I think if you put a Tierney and a suitor next to him, um, he will struggle a wee bit. And it's, it's just that sort of thing. It's almost like he needs marshals through the game, but he's like 33 years be, be, old and he should know better. Before I ask you, who would your, um, <laughs> who would your, who would your three centre-backs be? We'll talk about John Suter, because especially in the first half, he looked like he was having a barry time. He was just charging up the pitch. He was, uh, he, I think he tried an overhead kick at one point. He did. Uh, the ball, unfortunately, <laughs> didn't reach him. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that I actually enjoyed from the the formation as a whole uh, was you, you saw Tierney, O'Donnell, uh, Suter, all of them getting into the box, not just getting in wider mm-hmm. or getting around about. In you know, natural open play, they were getting into the box and waiting for crosses into the box. It was a really nice attacking Formation or the way that it was set up that way, uh, but yeah, John Suter um, was was brilliant. I thought um, for a guy making his first competitive appearance for a national yes. team, uh, obviously he was, a, he was the best defender against Belgium. I know that's not saying a lot because yes. yeah, yeah, but sometimes slapdash. But he was he was he didn't look out of place. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's it's really encouraging that we've seen uh, McKenna, Jack Hendry, and John Suter all come into international games in the last couple of months, and all of them. Have equipped themselves really well. Yeah. Um, obviously, Hendry's had a big downturn in uh, form domestically, uh, which is why you know I know he was originally Original, included yeah. in the squad, but he, he shouldn't have been. I don't think there's any doubt that he shouldn't have been. Um, but when he did play for Scotland in the two summer friendlies, I thought he played well. Um, McKenna as well. Obviously, he was a wee bit further back for playing. So it's it's encouraging that we've we've got these set of halves coming through now. Um, and the big we- the big issue for me is in five years' time, what our goalkeeper. Situation is going to look like. Mm. Yes, that that is that's a con- that is a concern. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to put a, a, a downward tone uh, <laughs> on this podcast, but I mean, we are fucked. Right? Can you play without a goalkeeper? <laughs> I'm sure Alan McGregor will just play until the end of time. Uh, hopefully, because yeah, I mean, think- you've got McGregor, um, Gordon in their mid thirties, McLaughlin in his early thirties, and then you've got Jordan. Jordan Archer's not a good goalkeeper. He's not a good goalkeeper. Xander Clark's he's he's well while, while Hamilton's regressed, Xander Clark Xander Clark's stagnated. 
Yeah, I would. I would say uh, maybe that's a bit harsh on Xander Clark, but he's, he's not reached the level he maybe we thought a few years ago. And he's, I think he's in his mid twenties now as well. Yeah, uh, possibly twenty five. And then behind that, we've got um, Robbie McCrory. Robbie McCrory, who's he's young. I mean, you know, we can't make any massive sweeping yeah. judgments on on him yet. Um, best example for that is Craig Gordon didn't break into the arts team until. You know, X age and um, when he was about to get released. So I mean, Robbie McCrory could still end up being um, the guy, uh, but it, it's, it's concerning. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's it's definitely a more medium to long term because I think McGregor and especially Gordon, because of Gordon's the amount of time he missed playing football, I think they'll both play um, well into their late thirties, possibly forties. And again, the, you don't really want to rely on a goalkeeper that age, but it does give Scotland that leeway. Yeah, leeway to um, wait for someone, uh, someone from somewhere to to, to break through. Uh, mo- moving back to the centre backs, I, I was I'm really impressed with John Suter this season. His, his stature, just his kind of um, his, his, his body shape as well. He's, he's, he's clearly bulked up, and he just seems a lot more confident with the defensive aspect of this, uh, of, of, of um, the game. Who would your three centre backs be going forward? Saying Tierney's the lesser, less less centre back. Is this you know assuming there's zero injuries? Zero zero injuries. Uh, Everyone's fit. I'd have Bearer and Suter. The only danger with that is that obviously they're used to playing a certain way at Hearts, which may not translate. Yeah, I think the national setup. I, th- I think um, the reason that Hearts have signed this guy with a mad name, Clever Di Camona, is yeah. so they can play a back three. Yeah. Uh, the the plan at the start of the season was playing a back three um, with Suter, Berra and uh, Hughes. Mm. Uh, obviously, Hughes is ninety years old <laughs> and Berra has snapped his hammy, um, so that's that's yeah. not really come to fruition yet. So I, I don't think it'd be too much of an issue. They played um, they, they, they played back three last last year. Yeah. as well uh, at, at times on occasion yeah, yeah. I, I think the plan was to just go out firing and, and nothing but 3-5-2 this year but obviously mm-hmm. the have changed that um, I still think a fully fit Scott McKenna just because he's such a brute yeah he is an absolute machine and coming up against these physical specimen that you do in international football he might be better suited than a John Suter I, the one, at this moment the one thing um, about John Suter is though he's right footed so it know, gives you that better, it gives you a bit better balance I know that, that's the thing because McKenna's lefty yeah, Berra's lefty, lefty Tierney's lefty, lefty Mulgrew's lefty Mulgrew um, we've just got an abundance of left footed defenders um, talented left footed yeah. defenders um, and I think Suter's gone above Hendry now in the pecking order I, oh, yeah. I think so undoubtedly and, until Hendry sorts it out domestically that'll be the case Um, but yeah it's it's interesting Um, I I would say McKenna as a defender is ahead of John Souter right now I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any doubt about that Um, but Souter's making strides I mean his booking uh, on Monday when he just piled through the back of the boy to win the header you wouldn't see John Souter doing that a year and a half ago and it wasn't a booking it was never a booking Um, no I I do think I I it's weird because I think Tierney left hand side because it's Tierney. Yeah. Suter right hand side because he's improved massively. He's not let Scotland down yet. Uh, well, albeit two games, and he's right footed and very t- technically good. Some of the passes he was fizzing into midfield uh, were excellent over the two games. And then it is a case of picking between McKenna and Berra. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, and that's a really nice choice to make because yeah. Berra's only got however many years left in him. Internationally and domestically, whereas Scott McKenna's twenty-one years old, twenty-two years old. So it's it's a good. Quandary to be in. I mean, I think defensively, with Stephen O'Donnell coming in and doing incredibly well, I think defensively we're very, very sound just now. Yeah, yeah. Would you say um, that he's the 
right wing back of choice going forward. Well, obviously he, yeah, because obviously he came in because Fraser was there is, uh, picked up an injury, and there's an argument for James Forrest as well. But there's no reason to drop him. No, off the back of those he was, he was, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. He, like if, uh, I'm, I should have said uh, earlier on, um, O'Donnell against Mexico and um, Mexico and Peru. Uh, I think he, was he was he a late call call up for for that um, for for that trip and. He was delighted to play, as you've seen with emotional yeah. um, interviews. But he, he was he was fantastic on the pitch yesterday. That's when sorry, that was another one. Other, I would like to see James Forrest start there because I've I've been really impressed with him with Celtic in that position. Mm. However, you watched O'Donnell for ninety minutes and he was fantastic. Yeah. Also, I I don't think I can ever remember James Forrest putting in a great performance for Scotland. No. Um, and I know obviously I'm that's sure Sean will testify to that I'm sure he will uh, because obviously you, you go on domestic form that's what McLeish mm. has said to the players as well yeah. is that if you're in form for your club you'll get a game for your country which is I, I, you know, I like that it's better than Strachan's um, way of doing things which was there's no chance he would have played on the Strachan which was look at the you know look at the stature of the club you're at great you're Scott McTominay starting who is now officially a yeah. he, is, he is now a Scotland player forever which is mm-hmm. nice, um, but no, I, I think, yeah, it's with, with O'Donnell. There's there's no reason to drop him. With James Forrest, I've never seen him play well for Scotland. Is that enough reason to not play him there if he's informed for Celtic? I don't know. That's 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 up to McLeish. The, the good thing about O'Donnell is that it gives McLeish that flexibility. Three five two is the formation, or three four, if you if you want to call it, is, is uh, the formation going forward? Having O'Donnell there. If uh, he wants to change it, it allows you to drop into a back four mm-hmm. yeah. easily because he's he, as he's seen with uh, Kilmarnock, he has been so impressive there for the last uh, well more than twelve months. And you look at him and think he's, he's he looks a bit of a brute and kind of um, un- uncompromising, but uh, he's 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 so fit. His stamina is in- incredible. I was really impressed with one moment was uh, it was the start of the game. Scotland was trying to play with high ten- intensity. Stephen Aismith got fouled. Um, Nace, uh, uh, sorry, O'Donnell was already uh, putting afterburners on. He was always uh, play, uh, going past yeah. him, hearing past him to get the quick free kick. Then there was a moment in the second half where, um, obviously, he was right wing back. He was closing someone down on the left wing, yeah. or popping up in the box. It was it was just a really fun, uh, fun performance to watch. Playing and, a young Callum Patterson, yeah, who's it's just a weird one there. I, I think I think Callum Patterson is going to be the new Chris Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him on late in games as a huge big guy to just rough folk up and try and score a goal. I think um, yeah, it was special teams. Or you can play him if he played like a four two three one and he pl- played wide right and just for the diags. Yeah, just 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 uh, if it's like a, some left back who's petrified in there, just just target him. Uh, no, but I think I, I, again, O'Donnell's two performances, Suter's two performances. Um, sorry, O'Donnell's performance last night. It's given Scotland more options. Yeah, it's it's looking more positive. My one. Uh, another area that I do have concerns about because in midfield going forward, I thought Callum McGregor, um, he's easy to just forget about. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. last night again against Belgium, who's probably one of the better players, last night um, he was superb. The way he's almost watched Rogic the way he takes the ball in the half turn and surpassed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looks to looks to penetrate. I think he's got to be Scotland's number ten going forward. And then um, McGinn or Armstrong. Uh, in, in the centre of the field McGinn kind of played we, we talked about the the negative aspect of his performance but 
how many times did he win the ball back? Yeah. He was very similar to what Dembele was doing against against Scotland. Is just any time an Albanian player got it, he just ransacked them. Yeah, mm. actually, I, I think McGinn played really well, apart from those two terrible passes. Yeah, uh, that nearly cost goals. Which you know, that's, that's a funny, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny sentence to say. Uh, but you know, otherwise, uh, I thought McGinn was was great with McGregor. Um, I, I can't disagree with it. I think sometimes he is frustratingly one-footed. Um, so he always wants to keep it on. His Sometimes when he's, like when he's shooting, when yeah. he's like just just shoot, just shoot, and he's, yeah. he's kind of just yeah. there's, there's wee elements of decision making and um, just a lack of confidence on his right foot, um, which has been the case since day dot um, for him. But I, I love him as a player. I'm really happy he's now getting recognition from the starter games as well um, to go in and, and properly make a difference. So the sorry, I was just going to say I think one of the most positive things is that. If Albania are representative of the quality of teams in this tier, <laughs> we really have no excuses. That's it. So not, because they their defence was it was well, it's just like watching Dundee. It was clownish. Yeah. Um. They were really really poor. They didn't really offer anything no, up top either. No. They were just camped in, doing their best to keep a clean sheet. I, I looked at some of their. They've had some really good away results and performances over the last few years. Obviously, they qualified for the Euros. Mm-hmm. The um. They, they won against Israel and they had, looked like they had a lot of uh, quite dangerous on the counter-attack technical players but they, they didn't have a chance to, um, to, to counter-attack because Scotland are so much more f- powerful faster than them and they, um, they, they were very very one-paced yeah yeah. so yeah I, I mean um, just going back uh, we touched on McDonald earlier on concern for Scotland is that when Armstrong came on against better teams that could be an issue because Armstrong, McGinn and McGregor are quite are forward thinking they're, they're dynamic, dynamic they're direct Scotland with Brown Brown was inconsistent for Scotland Scott Brown was inconsistent but there's not a, someone there to play at the base of midfield and just kind of control yeah, yeah. I think that's, that, that's another slight issue going forward they've obviously got Ryan Jack Scotland Tom, Tom Money, I don't think he's that type of player and McDonald too. It's weird. McDonald and Kearney are loved at Fulham, but I'm, they've not played a lot for Scotland. But when they have turned up, they just they've looked distinctly average. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is an issue um, that that part of the midfield. But I don't, I don't know if, if Ryan Jack's the answer. <laughs> no, I know. It's I not a very nice question. Then I'm not sure what the question is. <laughs> um, but no, you you are right. There's a lot of uh, really sort of dynamic attacking um, midfielders um, good going forward. Yeah, there's, there's a slight issue there, but I don't think it's anything to get too panicky about quite yet. Right, we've, we've, we've talked Scotland to, to death, we've, we've, we've uh, accentuated, accentuated the positives, but again, it was like Gary said, it was against Albania, they were pish. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, like I said, there's, there's, there is a lot of positives to take from uh, from that and Aye, to, seen, to slowly I've, build on. I've seen Scotland be pish for years, I'm Aye. delighted with that, that's a great result. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's move on to. Uh, we're just doing a, a small feature looking at the Scottish Premiership clubs and the feature. I've not written the name down, but it's basically we're going to remove one player um, from each Premiership team um, and the team would then become better or not worse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how you looked at it. I looked at it as if it was um, without. I took these players out and without replacing them. You wouldn't really notice that they would, they'd, they'd gone, except uh, for all the mis- mis- mistakes some of them would make. <laughs> so, Gary, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I have gone with Stevie May. The reason for that is he's got a shite scoring record and he's just clogging up the space up top that 
they could just try try anything would be better than him. He scored five in twenty nine games. Um, as a comparison, Sophie and Musa scored seven in twenty six last season. <laughs> <laughs> that is damning. A, a lot of those were penalties, but the point remains: it's, it's just not worked out for him or for the club, I and just give up. Couldn't agree more. As soon as we, um, as soon as it was discussed that this feature was going to be on, I didn't even think of any other team. Or any, I didn't even think of Aberdeen. I just thought Stevie May. <laughs> like any team would be better without Stevie May in it right now. Um, it, it, it is a shame. Uh, I think you know you look at guys like Bruce Anderson, yeah. um, who are potentially missing out on on starting berths because of uh, Stevie May. I, I still want to love Stevie May, um, but I just think that his knees are made of poppadoms, and that's kind of that's kind of it. It's funny. He'll probably rock up in, at Hearts in a few years' time. <laughs> And be great, yeah. You'll be renovated. Aye, yeah. I, 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 I'll be honest. I immediately thought of Stevie May when I was when I was going through the teams. However, I think he's so far this season. Oh, he's not been scoring. I don't think he's, has he scored this season. Maybe one or not at all. Um, off the top of my head, I, I can't remember. However, from what I from what I've seen and uh, the more I've, I've read, that he's he's contributed. Um, all round, but that might just be Aberdeen fans thinking, right? He's he's not scored. Or they're trying to look at the positives of of Stevie May's games. So it'll be interesting to see what um, what James Wilson's uh, introduction will, will be like. And again, Bruce Anderson he signed a new contract. I actually went for Stephen Gleeson just because so so far when I've watched him, he doesn't look like it looks like he needs a lot more time to adapt to Scottish football and. He, I think he's been brought in to kind of play a Ryan Jack similar role. However, he, the games just seem to seem to pass him by, and I'm not not being impressed. He was honking against Rangers, and kind of since then, uh, should he played against Hibs, and it was anonymous again. It's Derek McKinnison and Gotis the road to play football, so uh, that 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 certainly doesn't help Celtic. Mikael um because now that Brendan Rodgers has actually bothered trying out Christian Gamboa, it turns out that he's doesn't set the heather alight, but he's fine. Yeah, he's alright. Like he's not going to do what Mikael Lustig does, which is hat boys down, uh, overhit crosses, pick up silly yellows, and not pick up people at corners. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was a strange one that Gamboa was he played well in the qualifiers at the start and then he was dropped for Lustig and I don't think Lustig played overly well um, and then Gamboa I think he came in against Park Thistle again Betfred Cup and it's Park Thistle but got man of the match I think um, he set up, certainly set up, set up two goals no sorry I think Rogic was given man of the match but Gamboa was the man of the match mm-hmm. and then Lustig was back in at, uh, against Rangers however with Benkovic signed Forrest as that wing back I can see him being slowly, slowly moved as a squad player. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is one for sentiment, as he saw at Liverpool, where he kind of um, retired Carragher and uh, Gerard left for LA Galaxy. So I don't think he'll, um, he'll, he won't waste too much time with Lustig. Dundee Yari. Oh, there's a few. There's few, but there was one who stood out for there's, me. There's two that I couldn't quite choose between. Um, so I've gone for the one slightly further back. I've gone for Jack Hamilton. Oh, okay. The reason for that is I was going to choose Kasunga. Yep, that's because we've one. got plenty of other. We signed two centre halves on loan uh, on deadline day. One of whom, Ryan, is from Crystal Palace. Looks good. 
he looks, he looks like um, he, he looks he's got a fit, similar stature to um, Coker. Yeah, he's about six foot five, yeah. um, and he looks pretty. He's you know he's come from Crystal Palace, yeah, and he had Sarah for them in the Carabao Cup the mm. week that we signed him. So I think he's pretty well yeah. thought of, um, and he'll undoubtedly replace Kasunga, who's a bomb scare and offers up. At least a goal a game, I plus another couple of good chances. I was, I was going to um, message, I was going to, uh, before I let you get to um, Hamlin, I was going to message you on, or message the chat uh, at the end of last week, because I, I watched, sat down and watched the Dundee-Motherwell game. He was so bad. It was, like it was the, so bad. The second goal, uh, Big Romano's free kick, he lines up his wall and just doesn't bother actually, <laughs> you know, jumping across to, you know, get to his part of the goal. It was yeah. mad. Um, the reason I've gone for Hamlin is... Elliot Parrish is he's fine mm-hmm. you, you would never give him anything else other than that but he's a better distributor of the ball um, he's more commanding in the box as well he's equally as good a shot stopper as Hamilton um, and he's also got confidence which Jack Hamilton most certainly does not have anymore no um, and I it just seems for about 18 months yeah, it almost yeah. seems cruel to keep playing Hamilton because the fans are getting on his back and he just doesn't fit the side ha- ha- Hamilton's an early contender for um, worst sign on the season it's the fact that we paid money six figures on. and six, it's money that figures. we could have put into the bid for Shankland yeah Bad parish or, or any other and goalkeeper, got, yeah, and we've got two goalies who I think they're both out on loan at League One and League Two clubs, um, Gurley and I can't remember the other guy's name, um, Ferry. So could have had one of them on the bench and yeah. play parish. Yeah, I, I went for Kasunga just because um, every time I watch him, he's detrimental to Dundee's uh, performance. It's, it's frightening. He's at times he looks imperious in there. Yeah. And then there are just some complete brain farts. Him and Meekins are just all over the place. Yeah. They're just, they're not meant to play out from the back. I mean, no. McCann has decided, fair enough if you want to play out from the back, but sign players who can actually play out from the back. Singer and Meekins are made for 4 4 back into just, you know, getting up, <laughs> yeah, the ball out, yeah. taking Lock, names, tech, not having any responsibilities on the ground whatsoever. Um, but we are where we are for now. Championship next season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was Jack Hamilton as well. Yeah. Um, just for all of those reasons, I think that not only would, would they sort of stay on a, a plateau, but they would get better if he came out of the team. I think uh, it's, it's such a shame because he did show promise when he first came through the Hearts and then he sustained that promise for a little bit, got into a Scotland squad and everything. And then, you know, Ian Cathro is just the career destroyer and uh, that that was basically it. If he just kicked that ball out against the St. Mirren. <sighs> Uh, Hamilton I have gone with Dougie Emery um, the reason I've gone with Dougie Emery is I think is, a few Hamilton fans would actually agree with you yeah um, this is more based on what I remember from the tail end of last season which is that he increasingly looks like he's run his race mm-hmm. um, he's done he's started two of their four league games have lost both of them admittedly that was Selskin Hearts to be <laughs> yeah. a very unfair statistic to uh, pull out but I think that his continued presence, Canning probably feels a bit of an obligation to play him or involve him, yeah. even when it's not really a good idea to play him or involve him. Um, and I think now is probably the time for them to actually just Parties. put him out to pasture. Yeah. 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 Thank him for all his work and just take him out back and shoot him in the head. Your words, not mine. <laughs> he is, he's, he's, he's probably someone maybe this season to um, hold around 
just as like a kind of backup player, just yeah. because it's quite a young team who are unfamiliar with the, the league. Uh, I went for Tom Tile. I thought just because I mean, there's um, Hamilton. He kind of fits into the Hamilton's midfield ethos. Is that he's quite a nippy player, but just, I just don't think he's does much to any great effect for any team that he's ever played no. for. <laughs> he's 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 the like shockingly he's the ideal Paul Hartley signing. Yeah, yeah, a midfielder who does nothing. Yeah, um, I've got Tyler as well, but I, I can swap that out for any of those strikers. Any of them. I actually um, did think about uh, like Rakish being on, but yeah. he pops up a goal every yeah. now and then. It does, it does. But then you've you've got the young guys on the bench um, who are coming on and scoring goals and stuff as well. So you kind of think that yeah, if, you, if you took a bang him out, is is the guy who replaces him going to score anyway? Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Getting rid of him and Brophy was a weird one for them. Yeah, so weird. Haven't said that. <laughs> yeah. Guess who I can learn it from? Hearts. Let's get that wage bill freed up by getting rid of Aaron Hughes. He plays 10% of Hearts games, 100% of Northern Ireland games every season. Started 18 games last year, perhaps. Did he? Yep. Lies. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Andy, Andy missed the recent uh, Northern Ireland games for injury. Um, yeah, he did, actually. I God, Gary, you've had a fucking stinker. <laughs> I, 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 I wrote down Berra, lol, <laughs> just because he has come out of the team and we have basically got better. Mm. You know, it's a controversial one. I think there's. I would definitely still have him in there. Um, yeah. My initial, my initial thought was uh, no one because we're the fucking league leaders. Uh, Twelve points out of twelve. There are quite a few teams I was looking at going. I'm not really sure what to do here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Just it was. Now, Hearts was, was definitely one. I've I've went for kind of um, Jimmy Jimmy Dunn or Michael Smith just because. I don't they, they they're not huge they're not big players uh, for heart I'm, I was just looking at players that are currently playing uh, Michael Smith's very harsh because he's consistent kind of 7 out of 10 I really like Smith yes so do I but it's you feel that he could be taken out of the, the, the team and it just would, it wouldn't immediately the, the, the quality would, wouldn't drop there wouldn't be a gaping hole like there would be if, with some other players. I think um, <clears throat> in a couple of months you'll be correct because Marcus Gordinho and Jamie Brandon will be back from their respective injuries. But right now, I think it would leave Hearts pretty short yeah. um, in that area. I think um, you know Gordinho came in tail end last year and did really, really well. But again, he's another one with persistent injury issues. He's only 20 years old. He's, you know, there was chat that this knee injury he's had could have ended his career if the surgery had gone badly he's 20 so you know there, there is issues on the right side of the fence for Hearts so uh, Smith came into my thinking for this but I, I don't think I think Hearts would possibly get worse if he was taken out of the team right now right now, I, yeah. I think if it was a perfect you know no injuries scenario then, then yeah I think yeah. that there is ample replacement there this next one's dead easy Hips. Stephen Wicker. Stephen Wicker. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he is one of a spot of the, the artist formerly known as SPFL Radar. Yes. Uh, put up a little poll just before we started recording saying, Who do you think is the most dribble pass player in the league? And I had four options. He said, By yeah, the way, they all Stephen Wicker. <laughs> um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but one of them obviously was Stephen Wicker. Yeah. He said, Yeah, these are the top four, by the way. And for a guy with his experience, who plays for one of the better teams in the league to be in the top four is not great. Yeah, yeah. And there's a great gift that we put out as well uh, a few weeks ago, which just shows why he's. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah, I've I've watched him and I've watched most Hibs games a season, and 
Um, he has been very erratic with his passing, like really poor. He's not up to the pace, and um, uh, a, a, a friend, a, a, a friend, uh, Hearts fan, showed me a text he got from a, a friend of his, a Hibs fan, um, and he uh, of Whitaker. Livingston's performance and it was not complimentary very not complimentary <laughs> uh, let's just say he didn't want to live anymore um, Kilmarnock I found this one quite difficult I found it so difficult. I went with age old prejudices and just said Kurt Broadfoot I, I thought Broadfoot he's 34 now yeah, yeah. So. I thought Broadfoot but at the same time he has been excellent since he came back in yeah. and you um, have to bring Scott Boyd and play him regularly yeah yeah Future businessman Scott Boyd. Um, no, I, I went for Eamon Brophy. Mm. Podcast favourite, Eamon Brophy. Fowler's waxing lyrical about him and that come on. Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't Fowler, it was um, yeah, Craig Anderson. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do really like Brophy. As I say, this was a, a really tough one. Um, I just think that going forward, they have enough to cope without Brophy. Mm-hmm. was essentially my thinking behind mm-hmm. it. They've got... Uh, Boyd, they've got Enjoy, they've got Jones. Um, uh, no, I was going to say Erwin, they've not got Erwin, they've signed a boy on loan from Aston Villa. Right, in a buddy. Yes, and I think they've they've got enough going forward um, that they could cope without Brophy. Kelly was a really tough one. Yeah, um, that's why I, I went for Enjoy, just because, again, you've got so many options in attack and he is very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Livingston. I also found this one a little bit difficult, but I've gone with Stephen Lawless. Um, the reason being that he's started all of their games, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's not really done anything. Uh, I think he missed a great chance against Killy in the 0-0. Um, but other than that, he's not done anything, and it's sort of repeating what happened at Thistle, which was a winger who he's, he's, doesn't really he's, yeah, he's, do it. He's, he's just he's, there. He's, he's, played as a wing, he's played as a wing-back, and I think his role is to... He plays on the right... Yeah, he plays on the right to cut in and cross the ball. Essentially, so if he's not assisting, it's not great. But I think he's done from what I've seen okay so far. He doesn't look like a, a Livingston wing back in the way that Livingston play. Um, however, yeah, I would, he's, he's definitely he was, he was definitely someone I considered. Uh, I just kind of cheated. I went for whoever is striker, just because they've got <laughs> they've got three they've got three centre backs who can score goals. Um, the three in midfield are fantastic, and Scott Robinson has had a renaissance, yeah. and he's, he looks like a. a, a he, he kind of plays as a second striker and he's just a pest. He looks like the player that should have broken through at Hearts. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he was initially played in that, that position, he was obviously dropped back under Pedro Sergio. But you're spot on. I, I think that, you know, that, that Livingston sort of core of the back three, the three midfielders, is, is strong. Um, I, I put a question mark on this one because I really I couldn't tell you anyone. I think, you know, you could take. You can take any of the strikers out, like you yeah. say, it's not going to make them any better or worse. You can probably even take Liam Kelly out of goals. Yeah, that, and that, you know, if, if Levy are going to have issues this year, the goalkeeper is not going to be the main one. Um, so I, I think that you know, either end of the park there, you can take players out, and it's not going to make a huge difference. Yeah, or the wide wide players are the kind of the top and the bottom. As long as you keep that that core, yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah, Mullerwell. I asked Graham about this. Um, she, yeah, no. um, and he sort of went, I don't know, Curtis Main, maybe? Um, which surprised me a little bit, but I can see where he's coming from because obviously they've got other options. Danny Johnson looks like yeah, yeah, a real handful. Um, they've got Con- Connor Salmon, bizarrely. Scored, I'll say bizarrely. He's scored yet another goal in the reserve week today, by the way. Yeah, he uh, is. What a player. He's the one I went for. So, but, but I know I was kind of cheating because he doesn't play. 
he comes off the bench. The reason I went for him is that just because he removes any negativity from the crowd. Okay. So the, the, the crowd are a bit more because I, I know they're, he's, he's quite easy to get on the back off. But really, there's not anyone else. I was going right through all the, you know, the usual starting eleven. Even look at the subs, and there wasn't really anybody that screamed out to me as expendable. Yeah. Or yeah. that you know forces some sort of systematic change. Yeah. Motherwell very similar to Kelly for me um, in this in this a lot of, in this feature. Yeah. Um, and that there's a lot of players, really likable players. In both teams, that you sort of think, I wouldn't want to take him out. They do, they do um, their job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I, I literally just picked a name at random, like Chris Cadden, um, just because. Oh, to, to be honest, I, I, I do have I do have reason behind it, though. I wasn't picked at random. Um, so you've seen it before when you've got a sort of jack of all trades player in your team. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes be to the detriment of other players in there. Um, so you're putting Chris Cadden maybe in a slightly more unfamiliar role in the centre of the park or right back or wherever, which is where Motherwell have played him in the past. And then the players alongside him are then playing with an inexperienced player, so yeah. to speak, in that position next mm-hmm. to them. And I think that can sometimes um, be to the detriment of a team, obviously... I'm a Hearts fan I've got a Hearts example Egert Jonsson back in the day when he was shifted about the park clearly a very talented Chris Cadden I love Chris Cadden mm-hmm. very talented guy but it was to the detriment of the players alongside them which can sometimes that can break a cog in the machine mm-hmm. um, but as I say I mean that's that's me being ultra harsh and I can hear the Motherwell fans shouting at me through the podcast right? uh, I'd, I'd go for Cadden yeah it's, um, he's a little bit similar to Whiten as well and I think some Motherwell fans feel that Cadden would be better used in the middle but he's been played in this right wing back role which is then putting Tate out yeah. to the left hand side um, when he went off against Sunday he was taken off three or just about five ten minutes into the second half he was did not look happy he he was not he uh, kicked a water bottle I believe because yeah. uh, you could hear some of the fans in the main stand go oh yeah. like he's, he was going to get in trouble um, so I don't know if he's maybe altogether pleased yeah. at the moment I, 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 I don't I, in the recent months I don't think he's reached his, his potential Rangers Andy Halliday because they've got to get rid of the stench of the banter years <laughs> you know, the, the lingering stench of the banter they've, years they've got to Febreze the shit out of Andy Halliday um, because um, I mean obviously he's a sort of useful option off the bench or if they're having a bit of an injury crisis but he's not really of the quality that Rangers would need going forward if they're looking to progress and to be serious title challengers. It is bizarre how many minutes he's played already this season. Yeah, and I yeah. don't understand it. Like, I've never seen that coming. He's not been a disaster. No. And the fact that that has been used as praise <laughs> is probably a sign that it's not for him. Yeah. But then, where he wouldn't want to play for anyone else. No, of course you wouldn't go no, anywhere else other than that's by chance there'd have to be a Rangers pop Hearts are becoming staunch enough he'd come to Hearts he'd probably join the singing section <laughs> teach them a few new tricks we've lost Ross, Ross Callaghan now so oh, that's it that's it and we'll, we'll come so on to him later yeah. <laughs> yourself Alfredo Morelos oh um, I think that sometimes uh, when there's so much focus and energy being put into one striker there's so much spoken about Morelos, which is more pressure on Morelos, um, I think that can sometimes harm them. Um, that can sometimes harm the team as well. When you've got guys like Kyle Lafferty who can come in who plays better as a, a one in attack, um, then I think that that can, that can sometimes be a bit of a catalyst for improved form for a team. Mm. Um, obviously, it's, a, it's ridiculous because he scores loads of goals, but still. My mind is equally ridiculous, ja- uh, James Tavernier. 
The captain. The captain. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm going for him is be, uh, on this season's form. Last season, uh, just this is one where you look at stats and stats actually like tell you what you're exactly seeing. He was um, crossing dribbles, assists, defensive duels, interceptions, everything. He was fantastic. He was really high up. This season, I think he's been a weak link at times yeah. uh, defensively. Uh, that, that that's that's why I've that's why I've gone for him, and they've got players who can who can, who can shift around to to cover for him. Um, I'm rushing these last two because I'm way of Gary's uh, train. St Johnston, Stephen Anderson. Uh, Ross- uh, yeah, I would just answer my own question. Ross Callan. Uh, <laughs> I was I would wait for him. However, he's he's not played yet, so I was, yeah, I was, yeah, but still, but yeah, pre- <laughs> preempting it. Yeah, I have gone with uh, Murray Davidson. The reason for this being that he is always injured. injured right. um, Including right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, he actually went off against Dundee about 10 minutes in, and for a fan of Dundee, I was unbelievably annoyed he was going off. I was like, for God's sake, <laughs> just pull, you, pull yourself together. Oh, Hold your knee together. Um, like, I had a look, and in 24, his Wikipedia entry f- for 2014 uh, 15 is incredible. Um, he missed the club's Europa League campaign and managed to recover from a knee injury, um, and then he came back. Uh, unfortunately, during a Scottish League Cup match against Rangers, he uh, was out of action with a concussion, um, so he didn't suffer a serious spatial injury, as far as feared. Davidson then injured his knee, which kept him out for three weeks. Uh, it goes on, he signed a new contract. This came after he injured his calf. And in the next entries, Davidson suffered a knee injury during a match against Hamilton Ackes. Like, how many injuries does one guy get in one season? <laughs> how is he able to keep coming back? I just think that... It's a shame. He's yeah. obviously a very talented yeah. player, yeah. but his, his knee is... His is in the truly made of poppadoms. Yeah. Poppadom bits in the bottom of those bags that you get. <laughs> just. Yeah, I've gone for Anderson just because I think Kerr and Shaughnessy are the future. Yeah. And the present. Yes. <laughs> St Mirren. Oh, this, this could be a list. Um, I suggested that what they could do is unsell Lewis Morgan. Is that possible in this game? Because if not, it's just... I'll, I'll let you have it. Okay, if not, I just I picked a random... Guy from their defence because their entire defence is terrible. Yes, I um, was I was going to go for their defence. I was going to go for. I always have trouble with his name. Cole. Um, Capec. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I went for Brock Madsen. I went for Brock Madsen because literally they could um, just play a long ball up to no one, and there's a better chance of the opposition defence making a mess of it than there is of Brock Madsen bringing it in and doing something it's like Brock Madsen is like someone cloned Thomas Mickelson but made a huge error halfway through <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, that's damning and somehow made him worse uh, there was a power cut during the quote oh, no. <laughs> it's like a fly flew into it and somehow I um, yeah that's that's what I've seen of Brock Madsen so far I think that's a fantastic place to leave it <laughs> So yes, uh, thank you very much for listening. We are going to go on to uh, Patreon and run through some... Uh, I, I don't know what the feature's called again, but it's, it sounds funny. It's like through the keyhole. Yeah. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's, in, what's in Scottish football personalities' houses? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you can get us all in usual places. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email is terracepodcast at gmail.com. Say goodbye, Gary. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Robert. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Podcast Network.